Hello, podcast listeners. Thank you for joining the program. It is P4C, your host. The podcast is the show. And we appreciate you listening to us here on Thursday, I would presume. Publishing this late Wednesday. And we're kind of wrapping up week three, focusing on week four. I know we got Bengals, Dolphins, another great one for Bezos and Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet, who they're doing pretty good. And they got a good matchup after last week's dud of Brown Steelers. Back to happy to get back on track with a, a Dolphins Bengals matchup because both those teams are playing some good football. And we got some baseball to talk about, home run chases, um, quarterback injuries, quarterback coordinators going at it, Jaguars winning football games, and the Cowboys winning football games with a backup quarterback. So we got a lot of football. And some home run stuff to talk about. Let's get to it. Episode 97 of the podcast. So it was quite the weekend, not only with NFL football, but also Major League Baseball. On Friday evening, it was Dodgers Cardinals, Albert Pujols, two home runs to get to even 700. He's still there. I think he's kind of had a mental break now and the intensity and just the the uh, the talking about it every day. It's been a lift off his shoulders. And oftentimes, I remember with Bonds, after he hit that single season, or no, it was Hank Aaron's all-time home run record. After that, he actually started hitting more Bonds at an even higher pace. And I kind of thought that might happen with Pujols, but definitely understandable now that he's just, you know, not trying to get it over with. Um, he's now got some, some peace of mind. In addition... Aaron Judge on Friday night was going, I believe it was against the, the was it the Orioles? They were playing at Yankee Stadium, but neither game was on the regional broadcast. The Yes Network and Bally Sports Midwest for the Cardinals, and I was not expecting just the back and forth between fans and media and the position of how it's unfair to the broadcasters, to the networks, that these games are not on the local home outlet. And I do not get it because Apple TV is making the game free of cost for all consumers. It, it's it's mind-boggling to me. And it's not that difficult nowadays to find a way to watch a baseball game. The traditional method of they have to find you, that no longer exists. There's there's too many entertainment options and you're giving folks the opportunity to find what they want to listen or watch to. Major League Baseball, live sporting events are no different. Now you have to make it very easy for them and that's where this preconceived idea that it's difficult and unfair for cable watchers to have to do this is nonsense. I watched the Apple TV game. You literally, if you have a Roku stick like me or Amazon Fire or however you stream, oftentimes the Apple TV app or icon, it stares at you right in the face as soon as you log into Roku. I didn't even download it. It was just there. And then as soon as I click on the Apple app right there, is Albert Poulos and his face, and it says St. Louis Cardinals versus Los Angeles Dodgers. It's staring at you, ready to be viewed. It's not complicated at all. So I look at Dan Cesar, who's you know done a great job giving a pulse of the media 
and just sports viewers in general for the local newspaper. And it wasn't exactly his take necessarily. Again, he was just giving the vibes of the consumers. It was weird that people were thinking this was just such a foul move by Major League Baseball. Newsflash. It's about the money. It's about contracts. And Major League Baseball did a great deal. I believe they got a couple hundred million bucks for just giving Apple TV a couple games every Friday throughout the 2022 season. Yeah, we're going to keep on good terms with Apple. They just gave us a boatload of cash for not that many games. So sorry, Dan McLaughlin. Sorry, Michael Kay. Your regional broadcasters, they're not going to call these shots. We're not going to give alternative uh, methods for the consumers. Because when that 700th home run is hit, when that 61st home run is hit, that's going to be an Apple guy. That's going to be an Apple girl who has the call. We want that rewound and rewound year after year after year, and it's going to be on Apple. Who was that person? Who was that Jack Buck moment? Where was it? It was on Apple TV. So good move by them. It overshadowed Pujols in the moment itself, really. But El Hombre, to no one's surprise, after about July, you knew it was going to happen. And the machine, he continues just to make this 2022 season magical for the Cardinals and Aaron Judge. He's going to be right behind him. Still has eight ball games to get to 61 and even get to 62. So Hats off to those two, two incredible players in Major League Baseball. So we'll touch on the last game of Week 3, Giants-Cowboys. It was great to have a renewed rivalry, put out an entertaining game. Dallas-Cowboys, Cooper Rush, that guy can push the football down the field. I was watching him and I was like, wow, they can generate explosive plays. They can generate moving the chains. Oftentimes with a backup quarterback, you don't even know if you're going to get first downs in the game. They put up 24 points, which is obviously very good considering their defense. And the New York Giants, they were coming in, you know, feeling themselves a little bit 2-0. They played hard. They played tough. Daniel Jones, he's gotten better. I ultimately think he's destined to be a backup in the league. So any guy that gets their fifth year declined by their team when you're a first-round draft pick, if you don't get that fifth year picked up, you're not going to be on their team next year. They, they, they've already moved on. They've started the process. Their scouts are well integrating the college quarterbacks and looking at the pro quarterbacks that might be available. Daniel Jones, you're really showcasing yourself for a backup job right now, and he's doing a good job. But the Giants, you know, they, they look like they got a good coach. They look like they got Brian Dayball, who, you know, he, he's standing on the sideline there, and he's very into the game. Oftentimes what you see with these coordinators, especially offensive coordinators, And it drives me insane because it's like the first sign of just like being a red flag for me. Their head is buried in the play sheet. They're just looking down at the sheet. Matt Nagy. I remember Chicago Bears. Every time the camera would go on him, he's not even looking at the field. If he was looking at the field, it was because he was complaining about the penalties because he always thought his team got screwed. Otherwise, buried in that play sheet. And you look at the guys like Belichick and Andy Reid. And uh, even Brian Dayball, which, again, it was encouraging. They're looking at the field. They're, they're almost looking intensely uh, as if, like, you know, they're squinting and they can't see something because they're so focused on the game and looking at what the situation is to then proceed forward. Whether you're on offense or defense, this guy seems like he might just be it. Um, you know, they play tough. They play hard. They did not get the job done. Dallas Cowboys, they're going to be okay. That's the bigger story here. 
they're not going to just flake or, or, you know, fold here because Dak might be out a little while. A little while. It looks like maybe he'll be back come week five after the Commanders game. But ultimately, they, they got a backup, and they couldn't even get someone for Cooper Rush. There might be a desperate team if their quarterback's underwhelming and, you know, their team is pretty good and they think they might have a shot at a wild card. They might give up a, a third-round pick for Cooper Rush, have him come in and start some games. But now that you know if Dak continues to get hurt, you got a viable option behind him. But overall, the Cowboys, they're not going away. The Giants, they are ascending. I think they have a good coach. They're playing tougher. They're playing smarter. Saquon, he was healthy. I thought Zeke also looked good. I know that Tony Pollard had a big game. But overall, I think while one team won, nobody really lost this one because the Giants and Cowboys, they're both going to be stable in the NFC East. You know, one thing I didn't realize, and after I saw it, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, they did end the season pretty doggone well. And Tua Tagovailoa, 9-1 and one in his last 10 football games. The Dolphins, hats off to him. 3-0 and is 3-0. and A win is a win is a win in the National Football League. Mike McDaniel clearly knows how to dial up play calling. And offensively, he seems to be doing a lot of the same things that Shanahan does, except he's a little more you know, pass happy through the air. And Tua, you know, he, he's got some touch. I don't think anyone ever disputed that the guy can play. He just isn't someone that maybe long-term you'll want to be your quarterback for the next 10 years. And, you know, maybe it's just about getting out of that frame of mind. Again, I see Jalen Hurts. I could see Tua. Maybe they're the five-year quarterback. Maybe it's a four, five, maybe six-year quarterback. But, this yearning for 10 and 15, the Roethlisberger, the Brady, the, the Rodgers, that doesn't come around that often. So if you're just always continuously uh, ditching a quarterback and looking for the next great thing, there's going to be a lot of seasons that you miss out on because you just weren't willing to take something for the short term. And maybe two is that guy for Miami. They're 3-0. and Obviously, the Bills are going to be a force to be reckoned with. They just got by them on Sunday. And the Patriots, they're still finding their way on offense. The Jets are abysmal. I saw... Uh, the video from Sala talking about playing efficient offense, comical when you put that next to the name of Zach Wilson. The guy throws the ball to the other team, takes nothing but deep shots every time I look up and see a Jet game. So they're going to be an easy out. But Miami playing good football, and I think once the weather turns and they have to go into stadiums that are cold and we get into November and December, how are they going to hold up? I'm not saying that I'm just sticking with my take. It's going to be a disaster because I thought it would be. I think it's going to be something where they're significantly slow up. This is the classic makings of a team that is coming out ahead of defenses. Defenses are always playing catch up into October. And then when the calendar flips, the leaves change, defenses know what offenses are going to do. They have a better idea of how to defend it. So, we're through three ball games. 3-0 and is 3-0. and Hat tip to the Dolphins, but let's see what defenses do once they get a little bit of tape and have time to review exactly how Mike McDaniels is attacking the NFL. Definitely want to pound my chest a little bit on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Generational quarterback, won in college, won national championships, played against good teams, played with great players, Super Bowl winning coach with the Philadelphia Eagles, and then you had a general manager that went to the Super Bowl with the 49ers back in the early 2000s. Kind of sounds like a good recipe, doesn't? 
you're in a really bad division. You, you got the AFC South traditionally very weak, and the Texans are rebuilding, just traded Deshaun Watson, another new quarterback in Indianapolis. Why can't you win the division? Now, ultimately, I didn't pick them because I like Tennessee, and I think Mike Rabel's a great coach, and they always play a little bit above water because they're tough, tackle, always disciplined, have great coaching. Now, they just look kind of like a disaster right now. I know that they beat the Raiders, and they're going to be a tough out. I'm not ready to give the division to the Jaguars, but it's pretty clear through three weeks now they can definitely take this thing. They certainly can. They have the big three that those other three organizations lack. And Jacksonville, you look at some of their 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 uh, offense, and Trevor Lawrence just looks like the guy that we all knew he was. And it's just funny. There was no talk about him. None. Because when you play, that's what generates interest. And it, it's crazy to think that this guy was touted as Peyton Manning. And the, ne- the next John Elway prospect, yet it was a quiet offseason. Because noise is what keeps us engaged. And this guy's going about his business well. They got a grown-up in the room. Jacksonville Jaguars were my pick to click. I thought this would be the one that would sneak up on people. And here we are. They have won games. They just beat the Chargers, who are down a little bit. Staley, that guy's in a tough spot right now. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think they can win the AFC South. I keep seeing this advertisement for Mighty Ducks. I guess Disney Plus is remaking the movie with new characters. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it and maybe it's just because I'm old and maybe kids are into it, but it just looks weird. And I think it's kind of a strange thing for them to remake, especially after the Mighty Ducks originals were so good. Love those. Anytime I come across it, which is rare nowadays, I always drop everything and watch it because I love D1, D2, and D3. And one of my biggest questions, and I'm sure some others have had this as well, is the Mighty Ducks were so good that they won the Junior Olympics, but then when they entered high school, they were not good enough to beat the varsity hockey team in a prep school in Minnesota. That always kind of seemed weird to me. You're, you're among the best. You are actually the best at your age group in the world. But then you can't beat those in your state that are two years older than you. Thought that was kind of weird. A little food for thought. But I wanted to talk about Eric Bieniemy and, and Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't think it's been made a huge deal of, but they did have a disagreement at halftime. And I thought Patrick Mahomes handled it well. That, you know, it, it's just him wanting to score. And then the offensive staff says, no, we're not in a good spot. We don't want to risk it. So we didn't do it. And, it goes back to that report from like Arrowhead Addict. I may be wrongfully assigning that, but there was some report that said that him and Bienemy were butting heads throughout the 2021 season, and he didn't want him to be on the staff anymore. And the publish was later deleted, um, and I didn't even have time to read it because it was taken down that quickly. These two are on the same page, and this is what separates good organizations from great ones. The good ones are the Browns. You have Baker Mayfield, you make the playoffs, and then anonymous reports come out the year after saying that Baker's unhappy and that the offensive coordinator and head coach are not treating the quarterback well and taking his input, and next thing you know, Baker Mayfield is on the Panthers. Great organizations have quarterbacks come out and say this is nothing. 
this is just football. That's what Patrick Mahomes did. That's what Tom Brady did back with Bruce Arians and the Buccaneers were in their first season together with Tom Brady. Now Patrick Mahomes is doing this. These guys are on the same page. These guys are going to win 12, 13 games. They're going to win the AFC West. They, they are really building upon what they have with their general manager and head coach and, and even coordinator here. They just know how to go through seasons. That's the thing with these new teams, like the Chargers. They have a great young quarterback, and they got a, a coach that they like, and they got a roster that they like, and, and so do the Raiders and Broncos and plenty of other teams out there. Do you know how to go throughout a season, though? Because the Chiefs do. The Buccaneers do. They can lose a couple games, and they know how to right the ship. Some of these teams, they come out with all this talent, and they think they can just line up and then march their way to the playoffs and go through the divisional round and the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl and take home the whole thing. No. There's a lot of lumps that you got to take. There's a lot of down times. There's a lot of times where you're searching for answers, and you don't know where the hell they are. That's when you lean on your coordinator and your quarterback and your head coach because, hey, we've been in tough games before. We've been down and out before. We figure it out, and the only way is through. You get back in the film room. You stay late. You show up early. You're accountable during practice, and that's the great thing about Patrick Mahomes. That guy wants to win more than anybody on the Chiefs, so everybody else falls in line. Any free agent from the waiver wire, that Brett Veach brings into the Chiefs, they're going to have to fall in line too. Same with the Bucks. Same with uh, uh, Matthew Stafford over there with the Rams. They know how to win because they've been through these seasons before, and that's when you look at something like that during halftime with the enemy and with Mahomes. That's nothing. That reminded me of Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady. They're going to be A-OK. They lost to the Colts. Um, didn't get anything going. That happens in the NFL where you try and try and you just never get any sort of steam. Kansas City Chiefs, though, they're going to win the AFC West. So when I saw that Mac Jones injury, I thought the guy might have tears in his eyes. And look, I don't know what an ankle sprain feels like. I think I got one in sixth grade during my junior high basketball game. But getting a ankle rolled up on because I'm unathletic and don't know how to rebound a basketball is much different than Calais Campbell coming down on me during an NFL game, which that's what happened to Mac Jones. So definitely not going to call the guy a sissy, but at one point it looked like he fell off his bicycle and there might be some guys out there in the locker room. Maybe they lose respect for him. I don't know. The Patriots are a tight knit group. They would never say it publicly. You got Slater coming out saying we got his back. David Andrews, their center, but, you know, him playing in this game Sunday might go a long way just for the locker room. Not even just winning against the Packers because they're probably going to lose against the Packers. Them going into Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers and Packers finding their stride. I don't like the Patriots this Sunday. But as far as just making sure that your teammates have your back, it might be a big deal if Mac Jones plays. Now, Belichick is saying it's day by day, day by day. He's going with his old on to Cincinnati kind of rhetoric here. So if he can't even function, then it would make no sense. But you might even just throw him in there like, hey, we need you to do this to make sure that if you're going to be a quarterback going forward, that our team still respects you and they're still behind you. And, you know, Mac Jones, he's not playing well right now. He really is not. I've seen the last couple of games and he's had some BS interceptions. He's throwing the ball directly to the other team. 
and it's guys right in front of them and passes where the guys double and triple coverage. And it's not forcing the issue, trying to make plays, trying to win games and score points types of interceptions. It's boneheaded moves. And he's got to start playing better. And he might just have to get on the field to prove to his other teammates that he's for real and he's a tough guy and he can take his lumps in the NFL. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please, 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 if you haven't already, go into Apple Podcasts, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you can write a review, that is much and greatly appreciated. I I have not stressed it enough. Please review it. Share it with your friends, your family, uh, your enemies, whomever. We want to make sure the podcast is getting to all NFL fans, all Major League Baseball fans. I'll touch on NHL hockey if I have to. I know the Blues just kicked off, trying to chase down another Stanley Cup. I'll talk about college hoops, whatever it is that people are interested in. This is the podcast where we talk about it. We give all our takes on the latest sports news. So hit up the text line, 816-226-7483, the podcast at gmail.com. You can write me an email if you have any questions, comments. If you want it here on the show, we can do it that way. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. We'll see you next time.